going to say it again. And it's really because Jody keeps having this crazy dream. She just told me about it. She reminded me of it uh, back here in the back that she saw me wrapped in a robe. I was wrapped in Jesus' robe in the bathroom. <laughs> and God kept speaking to me. This week, I prayed and prayed and said, all right, God, where are we going? Because I had no idea where we were going, what we were going to do, what our next. I said, Easter's coming up in just a few weeks. Lord, where, where are you taking us? And I was actually, had walked into the bathroom here. And uh, just out of my spirit, I started singing Amazing Love. That's why we sang it this morning. Uh, because that, that song is about 25, 26, 27 years old. I mean, it's an old one. And then when, when I started to sing that, immediately it rose up in my spirit what, where we were going. And so over the next few weeks, what greater love can we ever see than what happened in Easter? So over the next few weeks, we are going to look at a series called Amazing Love. And it's going to, we're going to look at why it means to really be loved, not by others, but to be loved by God. And look, look, if you will, at John 15, verse 12. John 15, verse 12. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, that's, that's real easy to say. That's real easy to, to come out of our mouth is that we're going to love like he loves. But what did his love look like? Well, verse 13 tells us. Verse 13 says, And no one has greater love than to lay down his life for, his, for one's friends. No one has greater love than to lay down his life for one's friends. And so I think when I thought about that, I thought, man, that is the most powerful statement I think we missed. He said that I need to love others this much, that I'm willing to lay myself down. You know, we all know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Why in the world do we think, Kevin, that that's ever going to change? We get this idea that, well, God don't love the world even his judgments are out of a place of love. Come on. Well, you know, and so we got this idea that it's us and them. That, that, you know, he loves them as much as he loves us in the house. He loves everybody outside the house too. <laughs> and so he, he says, no greater love is any man than this. And so as we look at amazing love so what is so amazing well the amazing thing about his love is it doesn't depend on us his love doesn't depend on us it's who he is it's not what he does love is who he is and John and we'll probably get to it first John chapter 4 he says God is love God doesn't do love God doesn't try to love. God is love. His very essence, his very DNA, everything about him is love. He said he can't do anything but love us. 
because the word tells us that he is love. So today, <coughs> excuse me, what we want to look at are the benefits of being loved by God. You know, there are benefits to being loved by God. Go to Psalms 103. I love these verses. In Psalm 103, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and let all that is within me bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, verse 2, and forget not all his benefits. Folks, there are benefits to being loved by God. And the challenge here is that we don't forget them. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's in me. Bless the Lord and forget not. That is the challenge, is for us not to forget that he loves us. The challenge is for us not to get to the place where we've forgotten there are benefits. I, I, I watched a, a, a video of a, I'm not supporting anything. I'm not telling you to run out and watch anything. But I was watching a video by a comedian, Kevin Hart, the other day. And he was talking about he had moved out and was living on his own, and his mom was helping pay his bills. And uh, he'd call her and say, well, Mom, it's getting tight, and I got, I got to pay the rent. And the only answer she said was, did you read your Bible? No. So he just went on, struggled, struggled, struggled. Called her again, Mom, it's getting really tight. I can't pay my rent. She said, did you read your Bible? <laughs> well, no. So he said, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. Did you read your Bible? I wanted to hear it. I'm here to help. So he, he goes on. Comes back again. I think he says he does it like three times. And he comes back and said, Mom, I'm really, they're going to put me out. I need this. She said, did you read your Bible? He said, no. So finally one day he sits down and he picks the Bible up. And she had pre-signed a bunch of checks. And put them in his Bible. You see, it's easy to forget you have benefits serving God if you never get into where he wrote them down and to where he put them. See, these benefits are there, but if you don't know you have benefits, that's why it's so dangerous for people to sit back and say, well, I don't read my Bible. You know, I, I don't really get into it, but it's the benefits. Just like with Kevin there, he said there are things that are hidden inside God's Word that once you discover them, they'll meet the need that you have in the moment. And folks, there are things that are hidden in God's Word, and there's so many of us that we, 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 we get caught up with jobs and church and family, and we get caught up on all this other stuff that we forget. Man, it's easy too. Go to Psalms 105. We're going to, live, we're going to re live out of Psalms for a little bit. Psalms 105. Just flip over a couple pages. I made it close so it wouldn't be hard. Psalms 105. 
He says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord with, and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done. His miracles and his judgment, judgments he has uttered. Remember our challenge here today, if we want to understand and walk in God's amazing love, is remember that there are benefits to being loved by him. Go back to, to just flip back a couple pages to 103 again. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not. Forget not all of his, of his benefits. So let's look at them. What are some of the benefits we have of being loved by God? Verse 3. Who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases. One of the benefits, the first big benefit we get out of being loved by God is the forgiveness of our sin. That, our, that everything that we have done has been wiped away. That my past no longer exists. That all the things that I once was has been cleaned cleared out, and God says once he clears them out, says he remembers them no more. That's why we can sing about the new covenant that'll never be undone, it'll never be unhinged, it'll never be destroyed. See, one of the benefits that you and I receive, the benefits of being loved by God, is the forgiveness of sin. The word forgiveness there, guys, According to uh, the ancient Hebrew lexicon, is a verb. You know what a verbs are, right? English. I got I got a couple teachers in here. What are they? A verb is what? Action. You see, it says he forgives, not just forgave. Catch that. Forgives. That means this action continues on. Anytime I'm an idiot and find myself doing the things that I swore to him I would never do again, he's still in the action of forgiving my sin. Every time that I find myself falling when I said I wouldn't fall like that anymore, he is still in the action of forgiving my sin. We go back to him all the time. Lord, I'm sorry, I'm dumb. I did it again. What's First John tell us? If we confess our sins, he's faithful. He's just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. See, his faithfulness never runs out. Folks, I don't know how many times I sit and I talk to people and they want to tell me of all the things that they did in their life that they're still carrying around guilt for. Come on. I'm talking to somebody in this room. You still carry around guilt, but you got to remember that when you that 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 forgiveness 
has always been there. That forgiveness, see, that's the benefit of being loved by God. You don't have to carry that guilt anymore. You don't have to carry that thing around and say, yeah, but I was bad, man. You don't know how bad I was. I don't care how bad you was. You cannot be too bad for his forgiveness. Webster's Dictionary would tell you that the definition of forgiveness is to treat the offender as not guilty. See, when we walk in this forgiveness of God, he treats us as not guilty. He acts in God's mind because he has forgotten your old past. When I encounter him, I encounter him as someone who is completely guilt-free. You saying you don't ever sin? Man, I am good at it. But you know why I don't? Because I realize he loves me so much, I don't want to be in that. That when I realize forgiveness is there, that I don't have to beg and I don't have to plead and I don't have to go to him and say, God, I'm sorry and let me whip myself 15 times and take a strap to my back and let me get myself in order. When I figure out that there is nothing I can do. Come on. When I remember what Ephesians 2 tells me, that it's by grace that I was saved. Not by works. Not by anything I could do. His love never depended on me. It always depended on his faithfulness. And it's a verb. It means to forgive, of course. But the rest of it, what it means, it's to pardon, to spare, to be forgiven. And according to the Hebrew lexicon there, the verb subject is always God. (laughs) In other words, it's always his action. It's always what he does. It It doesn't need me in the mix. He goes on to say this about the word all. He forgives all. You know how many people, <laughs> my wife had a conversation with a lady one time about a serial killer. A real serial killer, I'm not. And she was sharing about this person finding God and having an experience with Christ in prison. And then he got killed in prison. And how many people were rejoicing at the fact that he got killed? And so the conversation was because of what he had done in the past, there was a special place in hell for him. Here's the kicker, folks. No, there wasn't. (laughs) Because one of the benefits of being loved by God is the forgiveness. Well, you don't know if that was real or not. For what the heart man believes, 
unto salvation. What's the rest of the verse say? But with the mouth, confession is made. <laughs> with the heart you believe into righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. So by his own confession. And here's the kicker, folks. When we, the benefit of being loved by God is no matter how ugly our past was. And the lady jumped up in these face. There is no way. Why would God ever do that? Because God doesn't judge sin the same way we do. He doesn't look at things like we, we want to. Are you all okay? We decide, okay, this one's real bad. This one's real bad. And, you know, you might be able to skirt. Skirt away with this one. See, that's how we want to classify things. God doesn't classify it that way. He says it just is. And it just was. And Jesus came, the word says, and became sin. And took it to the cross and nailed it there and left it. So that you and I could experience the forgiveness. That word all means the whole thing. It is something that has been completed. He forgiveth all our iniquities. Folks, there is nothing in your past right now. I intentionally picked songs this week for this. So we would understand that there is nothing about this that would separate us from our Father. One of the benefits of being loved by God is the forgiveness of sin. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. I'm going to read this out of the Passion. Hebrews 12, 2 says, We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention on the expectation and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith in us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the Father. If you're reading King James, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You were the joy that brought the cross. Jesus didn't begrudgingly. Now, we know his humanity definitely came, came shining through in the garden when he said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, I'll take it. Ask God three times. He said, but nevertheless, it's not what I want. It's what you want. What would absolutely bring him to the place of death? Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. See, it was joy that took Jesus to the cross. It was joy that caused him to hang there. We're headed into we're heading into our resurrection season. And I want you to know this is not, I, I'm amazed at how people like, 
Well, this is a very solemn time. This should be the greatest time of rejoicing. It's not a solemn, it's a party. Because when we come before and we remember the benefit of being loved by God is the whole of my, yeah, but, I've, but folks, again, it didn't depend on you. It has never depended on you. Go to Isaiah 43, I think. Isaiah 43, verse 25. Look what God says here. I alone am the one who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. <laughs> Why did he blot out my transgressions, Marcy? For his own sake. See, this has never been about me. Oh, this should blow your mind. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross. For his own sake, he blots out all transgression. It was for him. We sing a song here sometimes that says, you didn't want heaven without us. So you brought heaven down. I blot out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not. Somebody say that. Remember your sins. Yeah, but man, I got a long list. For his own sake, he blotted out your whole list. For his own sake, he chose to forget everything about your past. So why in the world are you still around here whining, crying, begging God, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. There's no way you can forgive me for this. And he says, forgive you for what? Forgive you for some. It's, just, it's like a redacted government document. Government always wants to release their, these, their records to be transparent, but they got these big black box. They say, well, that's for somebody's protection. Well, you hand God your book, and there are these big blocks that have completely been wiped away for your protection. He said, all for my own sake, for joy, I went to the cross. And it will be for my own sake that I forgive your sins. And it will be for my own sake. This never depended on you. It's always been about him. It's always been about Jesus. It's funny how we make it so much about us. Back to Psalms 103. We're going to go back there a lot, so you might want to hold it. I'm going to try to get through this quickly. Look at verse 13. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Wait, what? Wait, what? He does not deal with us according to our sins. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, I'm not. All, my, all that's just been wiped away, Ruth. That's been taken away. God did it for his own sake. He did it for joy. 
the joy of having me with him. He says he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Well, I'm going through this just to pay for what I did. God's going to let me punish. God's going to let me hurt over my past sins, except for this verse. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins or repay us to, for our iniquities. Verse 11, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we were made. Oh, my goodness. He remembers that we are dust. What? I tell people all the time, if you've ever been around and have tried to apologize to me about something, you've probably heard me say it. Well, I would be mad at you if you weren't so human. Well, I would be mad if you weren't so human. Well, how can you ever say that? That's exactly how God treats us. He says he doesn't deal with us according to our sin. He doesn't deal with us according to what we've done wrong. And he doesn't try to repay us. Because we've, we've transpired against him. Because of his great love, because of his great love as a father. <laughs> he has compassion. <laughs> For he knows how we were made. That we are but dust. He said, man, I, I remember breathing into them. But I also remember when they gave away. But I also remember that my son came as the last Adam to bring them back. And the moment they say yes to this reality, <laughs> there is nothing else. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, for he forgives all of our sins and removes our transgressions from us. That's not all. Next week we're going to pick up the benefits of being loved by God with the rest of this verse. Because not only does he forgive all of our transgressions, but he heals all of our diseases. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify and magnify you. We thank you that you have wiped out our sin. You have blotted out our sin. And so today, Lord, let us remember that you're not trying to judge us over our past. You're not trying to hang things over our heads. You're not trying to wait on us to get it right. But your love has never depended on us. It's always been by your grace, by your mercy, and by your love. And let us walk in it 
in Jesus' name. Amen.